All right, our chapter for today is 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, in this chapter, Paul braces Timothy for some of what he will face in the church as a pastor. Um, Paul will tell him that, you know, life and ministry is not always going to be easy in the church because until Christ returns, sin and Satan will both be active within the church, even within Timothy himself. But that being said, the latter half of the chapter and on into the next chapter relays to us um, Paul's prescription for that reality. Preach the word. At the end of the chapter, uh, Paul writes one of his, uh, the, the best descriptions of Scripture in all the Bible. So let's just take a look at those two overarching themes in the chapter. And let's, let's, um, let's think first about you know, what Jesus described as wheat and tares in the church. The first seven verses of this chapter are quite sobering. It's, um, it's quite a depressing list. And at first glance, it appears that, that Paul might be describing what people generally will be like in the last days, meaning in the whole period of time between the first coming of Christ and, and his second coming. That's what the Bible refers to as the last days. It doesn't necessarily mean that brief period of time immediately before Jesus returns, but really that whole period of time between the time that he ascended back into heaven at his first coming and his, his return. And, and you might read this list in, uh, in, in the early part of the chapter thinking that's what people, these are descriptions of what people will generally be like in that whole period of time. I mean, after all, look at this, some of the descriptions. Lovers of self, arrogant, unholy, slanderous. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That's just first two or three uh, verses. I mean, that sounds like a description of people in general today. And that may indeed be the case. Did he not include verse 5 in the list? In verse 5, Paul describes this group of people as, quote, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. And it's that phrase right there that indicates to me that Paul is talking about how some people within the church will act as, as uh, time goes on during these last days. Why? Because Paul would never describe those outside of Christ and those outside the church. would, would He would never describe them as having the appearance of godliness. I mean, earlier in his first letter, Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4-7 to train yourself for godliness. And also, he told Timothy in uh, 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 and 12, that there's great gain in godliness with contentment, and therefore he should pursue godliness. So if in Paul's mind godliness was something to train yourself for and pursue and something in which there is great gain uh, for, the, for the Christian believer, it would not be a description he would give to any old unbeliever or pagan of his day. That is definitely a description he, description he reserved for those who claimed the name of Christ and associated themselves with in the church. And when you realize that, what are we to make of all those awful descriptions earlier in the list? What we need to realize is that Paul is, in fact, describing how some in the church will act as time goes on. People in the church will be lovers of money, verse 2. I mean, don't we see that? People in the church will be unappeasable in verse 3. Don't we see that too? You put all those descriptions together and it's a jarring thought. It's at that point that we recall that Jesus himself 
said that within the church there will be both wheat and tares. See, for example, he said that in Matthew 13, verses 24 through 30. I mean, put bluntly, uh, there will be people within the church who aren't truly born again and truly converted to Christ. Therefore, while they might uh, outwardly claim to know Christ, they don't live like it or act like it because there's nothing real about it. That being the case, you begin to see why Paul regularly exhorted those in the churches to examine themselves to see whether they were genuinely in the faith. But this will be a reality until Christ returns. Incidentally, this is one reason why uh, in so many churches there are so there is such disunity, so many needless and uh, and 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 ugly fights within the church. Why so many churches uh, split, and why. It is absolutely futile to hop from one church to another. I mean, I'll say that again, that we see that's a prevalent reality of people just hopping from one church to another. That's a futile exercise. Why? Because Paul didn't say that people within some churches will be like this, but it will be a universal reality when the church, uh, within the church in the last days. There is no perfect church. The church is full of sinners. And among them, Jesus says most will be truly redeemed, but some will not. When you have professing believers acting like unbelievers in the church, good things rarely happen. Some think that leaving one church for another will land, They will in, in doing that, they will land on greener pastures, only to find out that Jesus was right about that church too. So what are we to do? Well, I'm sure Timothy uh, was thinking the same thing, and so Paul gave him the answer, and that is preach the word. That main exhortation won't come until the second verse of the next chapter. That's 2 Timothy 4, 2, preach the word. That's the, re that's the remedy to ungodliness in the church. Uh, the, the answer is not a newer building or different style of music or uh, what we wear or what kind of, you know, uh, aesthetic atmosphere we have. The only thing that will mold and shape a church into one that is pleasing and honoring to the Lord who bought it with his own blood, is the Holy Spirit working through the Word of God. And in the last few verses of this present chapter, Paul begins to explain why the answer to the problem is God's Word. It's because the Bible is the only book in the world that is breathed out by God, 2 Timothy 3.16. As Peter would put it in 2 Peter 1.21, men spoke from God. The men who wrote down the scriptures, they spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And it's for this reason, Paul says, that scripture alone can be effective for, as he puts it in verse 16, teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. When a church leaves the word or, ne or neglects the word, it dies. The scary thing is that sometimes the church still grows numerically as it dies spiritually. Because many are attracted to a church uh, they are never in, in, in which they are never confronted by the truth of Scripture or held a, accountable by it. But the church that holds fast to the Word and submits to the Word and, and seeks to obey the Word honors the Lord Jesus Christ and will be blessed in ways unpredictable and unimaginable. And those are just a few thoughts from 2 Timothy chapter 3.